0: as normally we just launch right into the the episode yes. on the second book yeah second of the week this time though no as this tradition no we, we're pacing ourselves we're learning this new once a week format where we we keep doing recordings over and over and therefore there aren't a lot of current events built up but there is always always someone out there willing to willing to just take the fall and be that that dumb idiot of the week Mm. um they're not in the they're not in the wall street journal mm. i apologize it's okay. not the wall street journal opinion piece okay. of the week it's not is this, is unfortunately like fortune now, magazine they've been published in the wall street journal Economist.
1: they've been in the wall
0: street journal before oh, okay. no no this okay. is this is mostly a. uh hey who's that asshole
1: oh, uh, in a new
0: segment in a new segment nathan calls hey who's that asshole who's that asshole oh god the theme songs never get old here um if you've been on Twitter, now by the time this comes out, this will have been a couple weeks ago. Bear with me, folks. But if you were on Twitter in the last week, um, you noticed uh, the main the, the the main character who popped up for a hot second, uh, raised their head was uh, a person uh, wearing a, a gray blazer and some, some hair, maybe a, a, a salmon shirt. Her name was Amity Shales, um, and she she fired off a couple tweets. Um, who the fuck? What Amity? shlales S H L A E S Amity shlales H-L-A-E-S. and she said some. She said a couple things. uh She says in the effective, I believe in markets because
1: they are mighty. Oh, I saw that specific tweet that we are religious. No, tweet. you saw this one. I still
0: believe in markets. Markets do not fail us; we fail markets. Yes,
1: yes. Uh, well, I well, well, saw That I didn't see anything else from this this human person. Yeah, there was that. If you there, believe there was, this person to be a human person. But I saw yeah, that, no, it, and I was creeped the fuck out.
0: It is absolutely a, a human person, not a great one, but a human person, uh, very much talking about how, how they believe in the markets, and markets are powerful, and they do all these things. Again, talking about markets in the same way a lot of people talk about their imaginary friend or a deity of some sort, um, not in a way that you would treat a fucking economic system. sure. Uh, that sure. seems a little bizarre. And this obviously, uh, as as a person that has brain damage, uh, uh, really makes me go, hmm, I'd like to learn more about this bad person, um, because that's my particular dysfunction here. Okay. And so I did some looking, and this person got famous off of, again, generally being a shitty right-wing grifter, as they all do, but they yes. wrote a book, okay. as they all do eventually. Okay. And this one's book is interesting to me. It is called... The Forgotten Man oh, A no. New History of the Great Depression Oh no This person uh, wrote that both Herbert Hoover and FDR were responsible <gasps> for oh. uh, extending the Great Depression and making it worse
1: Oh uh,
0: I'm going to read briefly from the Wikipedia page for this book uh, The book is reanalysis of the events of the Great Depression from a free market
1: perspective this, oh, so, hold on, I'm going to preface this by saying that Please. there is an old, and unfortunately I live, I, I live in a place where you, you run into this conversation and you know, this is very true. I've been, I, I, you know, this firsthand, you know, the Rush Limbaugh talking points sometimes when you, when you live in the wrong spot and you, you've grown up around the wrong people.
0: Th- and That methadone is awesome. Percocets
1: are cool. That, uh that the new deal didn't necessarily end the great depression, that that's just liberal propaganda. Oh, this goes a step further than that. My friend, that, that <laughs> the market was going to correct itself anyway, which I mean, to some degree is actually kind of half true, um, but not obviously oh, it not. it would
0: have corrected itself right into sure. a, right into a revolution. Like cue the international. <laughs> yeah. I mean like it would have corrected itself. itself
1: the same way 2008 has corrected itself. Like the stocks would have been mm. fine. But mm, yes. the majority yes. of the country would have still been fucked.
0: Yes. Well, uh, the book criticizes Herbert Hoover and the Smoot-Hawley Tariff for their role in exacerbating the Depression through government intervention. Mm-hmm. Again, yeah, Hoover, known for a lot of that great government intervention. Mm-hmm. Uh, it criticizes FDR for erratic policies that froze investment mm, and failed to take the steps needed to stop the Depression. Mm. She criticized the New Deal for extending the Depression. And for its effects on individuals. Not even the Limbaugh, it wasn't the panacea. She says it was an active negative. Again, not even a step. I will acknowledge that the New Deal was responsible for saving capitalism. That it was absolutely a life preserver to capitalism, so that we were not all rising up and revolting because mm-hmm. uh, the the what was oh god what was the name of the, the 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 bonus army like you had literal armed like revolutionary people in the street ready to do some fucking shit if you did not do something quick and in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Uh, we keep going. Uh, she praises the model off, uh, offered by Will- Wendell Willicky. A made-up name, if I've ever heard one, uh, before the 1940 presidential election, where the New Deal would have been scaled back and business would have stepped in. Oh, okay. Uh, she argues that members of FDR's brain trust, including Rexford Tugwell, another absolutely made-up person,
1: <laughs>
0: Rexford Tugwell. <laughs>
1: Randolph <laughs> jerks me off. I I mean just there's nothing real about these names. I swear to God, like Rexford Tugwell seems like some kind of weird ass hipster porn star name. Like
0: Rexford Tugwell of Columbia University. If you uh, had, if had you connections up, to the Soviets and central planning.
1: if You are known communist. Yes, known communist. If you stroll up to a porn audition. In a bowler hat and a handlebar mustache, your poor name's Rexford Tugwell.
0: Rexford Tugwell.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: the forgotten man has been praised by politicians such as what? What illustrious group are going to endorse this great thing? Oh, oh boy, Newt Gingrich, Oof. Rudolph Giuliani, Oof. Mike Pence. Oh, light him up, baby. And Mark Sanford. I don't know. I, I don't give a shit the who that fuck is. is. That. Uh, uh, he is an American politician. He was the former governor of South Carolina. No shit, and a member of the House of Representatives. Yep, he was succeeded by Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley took over oh, for him in South Carolina.
1: Okay, yeah. Um, I just looked up this person, and uh, his face looks like he was born scared. So and there's no melted. face that doesn't look scared. It melted.
0: He he got long. He had a long face. It's very bad. He's, he's um, yeah. Shales, uh, Fred Barnes of the conservative weekly standard called Shales one of the Republican party's major assets. Her book on the failure of the new deal to revive the economy was widely read by Republicans in Washington. You don't say in, uh, in the year that it was happening. Um, novelist Mark Halpern praised the book. Were John Gail Braith and Milton Friedman to spend a century or two reconciling their positions as to be clear on the view of the great depression, this would be that book ho oh, oh, ho oh good 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 on the other hand the Forgotten Man uh, and its key arguments have been criticized by guys you love it when they fight Paul Krugman oh no <laughs> welcome back to the show Paul Paul said that it was a whole intellectual industry made up of operating out of right-wing think tanks devoted to propagating the idea that FDR made the depression worse. Uh, it doesn't uh, yeah. work. he said fiscal stimulus fiscal stimulus was not unsuccessful because it was unsuccessful. It was unsuccessful because it was not tried. again, yeah, I mean fairly accurate. yeah. Um, Krugman is among the reviewers that labeled all of Shale's statistics as misleading, specifically their use of employment data for 1930 that admitted all public works programs. <laughs> she omitted public works jobs from her unemployment data. If you had During a job, new deal. she responded in the Wall Street Journal. So technically, this is the Wall Street Journal opinion <laughs> bullshit piece oh, of the God week. God damn it. Um... Uh, that the Bureau of Labor Statistics she had used intentionally didn't include jobs in temporary emergency programs because to count short-term make-work projects as real jobs was to mask the anxiety of those who really didn't have regular work with long-term prospects. If anybody right now was given a job that was short-term under the acknowledgement that this is a unique situation and we are doing what we can to help you get through right now, I think we'd count it.
1: Well, I, you know what, and, and not again, this is one of those many, many times where, like, a gotcha or a call out of hypocrisy, or of course they're lying, you know, these Republicans, of course she's lying. So I don't want to be like, too, like, aha. But you think a fucking Republican talking about the unemployment rate right now is worried about job security and anxiety and the actual outcome of jobs? We're in the fucking gig economy. That's the thing. So,
0: again, this is all fun. Um, She proposes FDR-style recovery programs. It is useful to establish whether these programs actually brought recovery. The answer is they didn't. Bold statement to make, considering it's wrong, but sure.
1: Yeah. Also, (laughs) just, like, flat out, just like, here's my thesis, and it's right because I said.
0: Another person who dunked on her was Jonathan Chait of the mm. new republic who called just, their intellectual coherence is not the purpose of this project it is to recreate the political mythology so just when all the worst people you know are just taking shots at each other over how bad a book is yeah. oh yeah you know it's got to be great yeah um, when do you think she wrote this sca- this great review of the great depression and uh how how economic stimulus didn't really help us out of that mess and we shouldn't create well, just, programs
1: for people i just saw the 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 market loving tweet that was seems like a microcosm of the book now in retrospect. So I'm guessing yeah. this is going to be pretty recent.
0: 2007. What the fuck? 6 months before the economic crisis. Now she, she wrote I this
1: feel, book. Again though, I feel like this is just a spin on that damn Rush Limbaugh talking point. It's all just it's it's all trying to because here's the deal, right? To them, this is the arena you're allowed to battle in, right? You've got the quote unquote big government versus the, you know, it's it's about um it's about it's it's just like the the debt, right? We have to we have to stop the national debt and stuff, right? It's a battle between social services and, and of course Democrats don't want to expand them and they want to make them wonkish and they really want to strip them away themselves. I mean, Bill Clinton is the one that ended welfare as we know it, but they want to defend them rhetorically and strip them away a little yes. bit slower and maybe throw an Obamacare in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and Republicans are out to just pull out all the stops and end social services right now because they don't need social services. That was something thrown in to combat, you know, communism. When people say communism is, you know, now, now they, they've won, right? History is rewritten. It's in, and capitalism won. they don't need these social programs anymore. Fucking strip the workers and get them, get them back to work, yeah. you know? And I, I, and so in the arena of social programs versus, um, stripping social programs, right? When you've just established communism, evil, not even in the, in the works. And these are the two sides. If you're going to advocate for stripping social programs and you have the great depression and then people easily being able to point to the new deal and coming out of the great depression, what do you do? You discredit the new deal, getting you out of the great depression. This is not a new Republican talking point. This is an no. old Rush Limbaugh. This is, I'm sure it came from the Koch brothers shit, probably. But this it should is, also
0: illustrate just how yeah. long you want to the quote unquote post truth fake news whatever you want to call it. Oh yeah, it's um, been around for forever. These Republicans, the Bush Donald years. Trump is not a unique in unique figure in facts do not matter. We will write whatever narrative we want. Um, mm-hmm. they're they're doing it right th- again. There are people still alive that were alive during the Great Depression that could look and go. Well, that's not how that happened. And yet again, they will just blast forward. Um. And, and completely uh, just make up whole cloth narratives that fit what they want to do, that fit the mm-hmm. thing that they want to do, regardless of whether facts, logic, truth, any of that shit is on their side. Mm-hmm. And then they'll just yell loud enough about it that they generally, you know, people just stop talking to them. And then you end up with Ben Shapiro.
1: Well, and then then they they get their They're talking. They, the thing they learn to do. And this is this is the Mike Pence. He's he's a product of value. You stay real stoic and you smirk. And then you have your <laughs> no. you have your gotcha line lined up.
0: You're stoic and your smart or the the
1: weird again you your gotcha line lined up, you know, it's like, well, you know, when people when people start valuing animals over human lives by killing by killing all the babies and the abortion genocide, what do you think society is going to come to?
0: <laughs> or you can just do the creepy Mitch McConnell like necromancer laughed. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. That man is a skeletor. And it's terrifying. Yeah. Again, not uh, they're all bad. It's, none of them are good. But that, that Jude ended, like, uh, removed from the fact that he's an electoral politician and he's a Republican. Well, he's just a not. Something is wrong. Something is very wrong and scary. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. You want to read a book? Sure. Read
1: a book. Okay. Uh, which which, which at, the yeah, at the opening of a
0: new session in December 1863, Elliot introduced another bill. The bill was objected to in the House because of its cost, <laughs> its charitable features, and the possible corruption of its employees. Oh, look at that. Elliot defended the bill vigorously. The Negroes had been freed by proclamation law and force and their freedom must be maintained. They were freed through selfish motives to weaken the enemy. It would be the depth of meanness to let them now grope their way without guidance or protection. (laughs) Love that paternal bullshit there. The president, by proclamation had pledged the maintenance of Negro freedom and Congress had recognized its obligation of secure employment and support of Negroes on abandoned lands. Negroes were now oppressed by Southerners and Northern harpies. Further legislation was imperatively demanded. In the ensuing debates, the bill was defended as encouraging the enlistment of colored soldiers and is calculated to bring order out of the present chaos. It would form a new class of consumers for northern
1: products. <laughs> <laughs> on Always the, consumer rights, Nathan. Got to be consumer on, rights. On not the rights, other but hand, consumer rights.
0: On the other hand, opponents insisted that the Bureau would open a vast field for corruption and that it was a revolutionary effort on the part of a government of limited powers. Brooks of New York denounced it because it would put black labor of their northern taskmasters, taskmasters in competition with white labor and capitalists. In the north, it was passed March 8th first 1864 by uh, the close
1: vote of 69 nice to 67 <laughs> nice very nice very nice uh, in the Thanks. senate it was referred to referred to the committee on slavery and freedom of which charles sumner was chairman
0: Woo! Yes. Chucky!
1: here it is was the tra-
0: true charles s you have chuck schumer charles sumner they're close but only one can reign <laughs>
1: Here it was transformed from a temporary makeshift and war e- expedient and began to take the form of a great measure of social uplift and reform. The bureau like was
0: you reversed the Patriot. It's like the opposite of the Patriot Act.
1: Uh, yeah, if you took a of.
0: thing that, was ne- that you thought was necessary during wartime and then during peacetime twisted it into some weird control thing and instead took a thing during wartime and then was like, hey, what if we did some cool shit with this?
1: The Bureau was attached to the Treasury Department. Sumner pressed the bill arguing that private benevolence could not cope with the problem and that a bureau was necessary. <laughs> yes, correct Charles. Thank uh, you Charles. That the treasury was already in charge of abandoned property and had special agents in the field. The bill that passed. Worries me. I do not want special bank cops. That terrifies me. I'm sorry. Fair enough. Uh, the bill passed the Senate June 28th by a vote of 21 to 9. The House refused to concur, and the whole subject went over the next session. Renewed arguments and petitions came in favor of the bill. In July, seven Freedmen's Aids Associations of the West met in Indianapolis. They drew up a memorial complaining of the current methods of dealing with Freedmen and asking for a supervising agent because of the failure of Congress to establish a bureau. December twentieth, 1864... The matter was taken up again in the House and a conference committee appointed with Sumner and Elliot. This committee reported February 2nd, 1865, and recommended an independent department of freedmen and abandoned lands. In the debates, there was a great diversity of opinion. Some feared that the freedmen would be too strictly controlled and that this would curtail the initiative and self-reliance. Bootstraps. <laughs> yeah, you can't <laughs> – No, it'll be motivated to innovate. Come on now, guys. Um, If
0: you give them $600 in
1: unemployment, they won't find jobs. Others urged the necessity of the bill to rescue the wards from ignorance and pauperism and guide them into confidence and self-control. The bill passed that house by another close vote, 64 to 62.
0: Not nearly as fun.
1: However, there appeared at the same time another bill for the relief of both white refugees and freedmen and the temporary use of abandoned property. It was a short and temporary measure. Both these bills went to the Senate. Sumner stoutly defended the comprehensive measure agreed upon in conference, but the opposition of both Democrats and Republicans was too strong and the conference report was rejected. The second conference was held and a new bill presented creating a Bureau of Refugees, Freedmen, and Abandoned Lands in the War Department. So it, this kind of sounds like what, you know, so again, don't want to over analogize and don't want to draw too many parallels and, and and rob something of meaning or decentralize the black struggle. But there was a recent bill, I think it was this last electoral cycle in Missouri, where there was uh, marijuana being legalized for medical reasons. There were three different ballot mm-hmm. measures they put up. They three different three. ballot measures. The first one. Uh, Was actually legalizing marijuana for medical purposes that on the
0: ground activists worked for years and years and years to finally push years and years,
1: hard work, grassroots, all the fun stuff. The second one would substitute the first one if they both passed and was less legal and put a lot of money in a small amount of hands with deep restrictions.
0: Also made it a, not a constitutional amendment, but in fact made it a thing that the House, that the legislature would be able to control and uh, implement at their own
1: discretion. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So very easy to repeal, you know, much like the other social measures. Um, and, uh, and of course, you know, like I said, by nature, repeals the first one But was presented as just another way to pass another, another, you know, why not vote? Yes, on both right. It makes marijuana double <laughs> legal or something. And the third one. Some guy down in, like, Springfield who oh, basically has oh, control my over my friend, all my friend, of the let shit. Me. My
0: friend, my friend. Okay, okay. The third one is dear uh, and dear to my heart because it comes to you courtesy of the man responsible for every local TV ad in my college town where I went to college down in Springfield, Missouri, Dr. Lawyer Surgeon Brad Bradshaw. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the man literally had commercials on TV where he would go from the operating table to the medical consulting room and then into the law into the lawyer office into the courtroom where because he was a one-stop shop baby he would break your spine and then give you a consultation about why he broke your spine and then sue himself for breaking your spine doctor lawyer surgeon brad bradshaw md jd uh and whatever surgeon is he had all of them uh the third marijuana law in missouri would have been a completely legislature-based one, again, not a constitutional amendment that was enshrined that they couldn't fuck with, and it would have made Brad Bradshaw the marijuana czar of Missouri.
1: Mm-hmm. All
0: rules about marijuana would run through Brad Bradshaw. Brad Bradshaw would co- collect his tariffs off the top of all marijuana sales for the Brad Bradshaw Marijuana Institute. Um, Brad Bradshaw basically wanted to become the drug, the marijuana kingpin of Missouri, and somehow, like, it's inst- Instead of running a vanity campaign for Senate, just decided I'm going to get this ballot initiative on there. Let's go. Um, everyone has their shitty local uh, personal, yes. you know, injury attorney and all that stuff in Springfield, Missouri. It's Brad Bradshaw. I love that he's named
1: both- Brad Bradshaw too. It makes Brad him Bradshaw. Deep. He is perfectly an Arrested Development character. One hundred percent.
0: Doctor, lawyer, surgeon. Look him up on YouTube. His ads are terrible.
1: <laughs> so. So anyway, you know, I mean this this kind of feels like the same thing, right? We actually have this agreed upon law that does the good thing, but you have just enough rich assholes in government opposed to it that they're like, what if we just pass to this crappy version that undoes every good we just did instead but sounds the same and it's almost that's, like wasting your time in electoral politics isn't useful <laughs> um so anyway so they've got the the uh department uh i'm sorry the bureau of refugees free men and abandoned lands in the war department all these proposals meant that there was a question as to whether this bureau was to be a temporary war measure or a permanent institution for abolishing slavery and inducting Negroes gradually in the economic and political freedom. I like how a lot of people just wanted to write it off as a war measure. I mean, and it's in the war department. Well, it's in no? the war yeah. department. Right. Why not? If we were attached to the war department, it would end with the war. Oh, there you go. Uh, bam, bam. bam. In the Treasury, it would serve to settle problems of taxation, crops, and finance, but presumably end when war finance yielded to peace. In the Interior Department, or as a separate department, the Freedmen's Bureau would be a permanent with regular revenues and a wide and comprehensive program of work. The debate on the final bill was limited, and without a vote, the report of the conference committee was accepted March 3rd. Abraham Lincoln immediately signed the bill. There's the shit Lincoln can be acted for. Oh, you guys you guys did something that fucked black people over. I, I'm in. The bill provided for your bureau to last during the present war of rebellion and for one year thereafter. <laughs> that'll be enough time for that'll sure. be Yeah, th- that'll solve it. That'll do it, guys. That'll do it. Uh, it had at its head a commissioner appointed by the president with the consent of the Senate And assistant commissioners might be appointed for each of the 10 states in rebellion. Army officers could be used as assistant commissioners. The secretary of war was to issue necessary provisions, clothing, fuel, and under the direction of the president, the commissioner could set aside for the freedmen and refugees tracts of land of not more than 40 acres to be leased to the tenants. These leasees were to be protected in the use of the land for three years at low rent, at the end of the term, the tenant could purchase the land at an appraised value. So, sort of like a weird three year rent to own during the war. Yeah. I don't know. Again, I'm-
0: abandoned land, this all seems like, when they say abandoned, the way I'm interpreting it. Yeah, well, to what again, they mean I by
1: abandoned be- is like they stopped working the plantation. Well, or that the, the plantation owner, like the whole plantation
0: system has fallen into disrepair. Yeah. They sent them off to go fight the war. They've died. They're gone. They're in rebellion. These lands aren't being worked. Let's go in and work them. So we're at least taking the resources out of the ground because that's yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the
1: former plantations, which basically means that all paths lead back, lead back to them working back on the plantation. And the best you can hope for is it being a small plot of their independence where they can grow their own wealth. And that's being pushed back on very, very hard. But anyway, you cut it. They're going back to work in the plantation in some way. Yeah, It's just a matter of how harsh, how harsh the conditions are and how much freedom and benefit of the change of conditions they actually get. Um, Some Some congressmen. Yeah, you've had enough. Fine. Some congressmen like Connus
0: could not conceive of a freedmen's bureau conducted for the benefit of labor. Where will the freedmen get the capital to buy his horse or his oxen and other agricultural implements to put his crop of cotton or corn in the ground? What about all the these, job providers? All these require capital far beyond the ability of the freedmen to command and renders the scheme impractical so far it is professed to be of benefit to the freedmen. And this is where I want to. I think he's right. I, I think as I argue oh, here.
1: So you were saying it was too free. He's saying it's too free markety, and we need to actually think it, deeper.
0: We need to be provided," he said, "because the whole point of it is, oh, we'll provide okay. them with the forty acres and they just man it. With what wealth? With what? You, being a farmer is not a super um, capital, unintensive thing to do. You have to have the money to start this up. And he's like, yep. if we just give them the land and expect them to do that, where are they going to get the materials? Where are they going to get the seeds? Where are they going to get any of this? Like, this is silly. Um, the inevitable that, result will be that, that, that the sense. freedmen will lease no land he will not be able to lease and cultivate land. He will not be able to purchase equipment of horse and agricultural implements that will be necessary for its cultivation. Then he must fall into general line and become simply a laborer to be hired to some man with whom they are secretly in partnership, with whom they share the profits and they produce of the freedmen's labor from these abandoned lands. The inevitable corollary that under the special circumstances of emancipated slave labor, the state must furnish capital was in. Inconceivable to men like Connors. He, like Lane of Indiana, made the old American assumption of economic independence open to all. I am opposed to the whole industry of the theory of the Freedmen's Bureau. I would make them free under law. I would protect them in the courts of justice if, necess- if necessary. I would give them the right of suffrage and let loyal slaves vote their rebel masters down and reconstruct the seceded states. But I wish to have no system of guardianship and pupilage and overseership over these Negroes. Okay, so it's a there's little a more- lot going on here. There's a yeah, little bit
1: of both. I think it's yeah. I was going to say it's a little more back the own way where he's actually opposing like the use of force and the you know authoritarian rule and and stuff like that um but it is and i'm noticing it's saying 40 acres so i mean i'm definitely getting like the 40 acres and a mule right here yeah. yeah um except they can't afford the mule yeah exactly um, can i get a mule on 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 credit <laughs> they're leasing the 40 acres and Payday they can maybe buy it at mule. the end um but so yeah i mean he has a point like if it's not substantial what's it doing but then it's it's the it's the old and this is again i don't know if he meant it as a right wing strategy i don't know d- jack shit about this conis guy but there's an old white ring strategy where you call out the bullshit on something and that means the bad things must actually be good right so like if you call out you know democrats for berating you for say you know not putting women in charge of a genocidal institution and then Republicans can come back and go like well how does that free the average woman that means that women's rights are, are bullshit and you should oppose women's rights in their minds you know i mean it's 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 a bullshit argument. And so I'm wondering if Conus is coming from those lines, because there that's is at least s- how it seems with the turn.
0: There's a sort of cynical realism to the way Conus is putting this forward, though, because let's be real. Yeah. If the imagine imagine now, like put yourself in in twenty twenty terms. Mm hmm. OK. Kamala Harris, she's putting forth a program. She wants to help uh, disenfranchised people do something. Mm, okay, all right. Um, we're going to lease land. Um, uh, it's storefront. It can only be leased to um, under uh, slaveholders. You had to, have, you had to have just been free from slavery. Okay, all right, cool. You just had to be free from slavery, um, and we'll lease you this land. And you can work it and 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 maintain it, and it's all yours. And after three years, you can buy this appraised rights. Awesome. I've done a thing. Throw that forward into a vacuum. What's going to really happen? is what Connors just said. There's going to be a bunch of of, of freedmen that Mm -hmm. jump at this opportunity but have no way to take advantage of it because they cannot afford to buy the influence. They cannot afford to buy the land. They can't afford the lease. They can't afford the thing. So what's going to happen? A silent partner is going to step in. A white man is going to go, hmm, hmm. Well, I can pay my capital and have this guy do the work and then he'll have the. It'll look like he's in charge, but I'll really be collecting my part on the back end because I'm the one putting. Oh God, we just did capitalism again. We just mm-hmm. did capitalism with a fucking black middleman. Is all we did. It's a front. It's slave holding under a different name. And that he's point. That is he pointed that out exactly. And he's right. That's exactly mm-hmm. how it would happen. Where would Friedman have the in have the, the saved accumulated wealth to do any of this? True. it doesn't exist it's a it's an idealist dream it's throwing out think platitudes and things that sound good without if you don't have the means and the the enforcement muscle to do it if you don't have the the I, I don't know if, if you don't have the spine to put your money where your mouth is and just fully fund the program and do it yourself and make it so that that you know call reparations whatever you want to call it say you got fucked. Here is this land for free. And here are the implements to get started. And here you go. Here's the startup. Now go. It's, it's all, it's just admitting that you want to launder this, th-
1: this whole thing through, through the facade of, of 1860s woke politics. Com- completely agree. But again, you know, what's his solution to that is, well, that, or his conclusion, his conclusion is, well, that means I don't, you know, support using force to protect them and protect their freedom against being re-enslaved. And that, you know, I mean, to me, that just smacks of bullshit. See, so. and it says, but I think I think they
0: both said, like, again, they're wrong. They're wrong sure. on their face because they're trying to argue, I want to give them all the liberties, but I don't want to create this program. I don't want to create this extra governmental program because, again, but again, at the same time, if you are creating an extra governmental program to infor- to enforce this, mm-hmm. if the only goal, if you're not going to fund it, because it doesn't sound like anyone at this point is proposing to fund it. Right. That's no true. one's proposing to say give them the money. If all you said is I'm going to spend our dollars and I'm going to create this program that 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 gives the appearance that we're helping people without actually really helping anybody. I, yeah, fuck it. Call that shit out. Like again, I get they're doing it for the wrong reason, but you can call out bullshit from the wrong angle like and that's really what they're doing is they're calling out a bullshit policy that that there's no substance behind this as it's been presented to us so far that's yeah now, and that's the that's amount of argument now. we've had about this leads me to believe that if we read for three sentences we're going to be proven why we should have just <laughs> shut the fuck up uh i have no i have no outside you know conclusions here but let's see if du bois does it for me there was in the debate, inside and outside of Congress, distinct evidence that industry, rather than pay the co- rather than pay the cost of social uplift on the scale which an efficient Freedmen's Bureau evidently demanded, would accept immediate Negro suffrage as a preferable panacea. Oh God, Ooh. there it was. There it was. Just as the refuge of those who opposed the right to vote was work for the freedmen and regular habits of labor, so on the other hand, those who opposed systemic organization of such work found refuge in the ballot. Pomeroy had seen thousands of colored and white refugees coming into my state, and I say here distinctly that the colored people are able to take care of themselves and find their places and adapt themselves to their new conditions easier and quicker than the poor white refugees who are driven out of the border states. I desire that those who advocate this bill will stop here and spend their time and talent in demanding for the Negro race all the rights and privileges of freedom. Do this, and no Freedmen's Bureau at all is necessary. Sir, I am for all races of men. I do not believe that it is necessary to secure the property of one race that another shall be destroyed. (sighs) Let us refuse admittance to every rebel state unless the privilege of the elective franchise is granted to the colored men. I believe the future permanency of this government depends upon this, and I believe those who have fought this war have no safety or security
1: without it. it I just feel like I'm in the middle of a slap fight where everything They're being said wrong. is important and every yeah everyone is bad.
0: Everyone's bad. Everyone's wrong. No one. The only correct stance out of this should be. Man, we have fucked a whole class of people for a long time. What's the best way to guarantee that goes? Maybe we should try some, like, restorative justice for a little bit until we have uh, leveled the playing field that we've kneecapped them on for the last Mm -hmm. 200 years. Anybody know the only options are create bullshit government program that does nothing or leave them to die? Those are my options. Oh, good. Oh, good. I'm excited for these options. Oh, Christ. Here was a logical resting place. No funds or permanency for a Freedmen's Bureau and Negro suffrage to defend Northern industry. And no elements fought harder and more determinedly to make this possible than the White South. Oh, goody. With the possibility of a government guardianship to conduct the Negro in freedom by industry, land, and education at the expense of the nation, the South deliberately and bitterly fought and maligned the Bureau at every turn. And in the end, it received the Reconstruction Bills as its just reward. Why did anybody care what the South thought about the Freedmen's Bureau? Why do they have a voice in this? I
1: don't. Fucking why? I don't fucking (laughs) know. One
0: logical reason.
1: Do not fucking know.
0: For the stupendous work which the Freedmen's Bureau must attempt, it had every disadvantage except one. It was so limited in time that it had small chance for efficient and comprehensive planning. It had at first no appropriated funds, but was supposed to defend on the chance accumulation of wartime unclaimed bounties of Negro soldiers, confiscated land and property formerly belonging to Confederate government and rations further this it had to use a rough military machine for administering delicate social reform the qualities which make a good soldier do not necessarily make a good social reformer hmm you don't say Shh. And while in many instances the bureau was fortunate in its personnel, in others, it was just as unfortunate and had to put in administrative positions military martinets, men disillusioned and cynical after a terrible war, or careless and greedy and in no way suited for far-sighted social building. The most fortunate thing that Lincoln gave the bureau was its head, Oliver Howard. Howard was neither a great administrator nor a great man. But he was a good man.
1: Holy shit, set the bar pretty <laughs> goddamn low there to boys. Damn. He's he's he needs to liberate us. He needs to be a great leader. And you know what? He's
0: okay. He's fine. He was sympathetic and humane and tried with endless application and desperate sacrifice to do a hard, thankless duty. All right, I think when he says he wasn't a great man but he was a good man, he's implying like good as in character. He was a yeah. he was a
1: a good human being, like doesn't um, doesn't command the room, but actually genuinely cares. Yeah, not
0: a transcendent leader of men, but a decent human trying to do good in a thankless job. Yeah, um, he uh, basically every government, <laughs> every good person who goes into civil service for the right reasons and and doesn't manage to get beat out and. Yeah. He was sympathetic and humane and tried with endless application and desperate sacrifice to do a hard, thankless duty. His high reputation as a Christian gentleman <laughs> gave him the esteem of the humane and benevolent portion of the public, upon whose confidence and cooperation his success was largely to depend. Uh, there is something to be said, and I'm going to say it for this gentleman, and I'm going to say it for everybody else. The same way that du Bois is saying that the, the same skills that make you a good soldier don't necessarily make you a good social uh, mm-hmm. reformer. Yeah. Sometimes it's just about being able to bring people together and not create giant rifts with people. There's something that that, that is a yeah. skill set. If you're the person that can that can diffuse conflict and bring get people talking and get people uh, uh, communicating that normally wouldn't, that's a skill set, use it. Uh, you are very. if you have not been on Twitter lately and watched leftists fight with each other, that is a skill set we are desperately going to need in any sort of actual on-the-ground organizing to make sure we don't have needless Well, yeah, and,
1: and I mean some of that fighting does happen in prison. A lot of it doesn't and it just happens because it's the internet. But obviously the yeah. internet matters. It is a connection yeah. of real-life situations and people or we wouldn't be on to doing agitprop prop
0: trotsky and Lenin did exist in 1917 before sure so I'm yeah I mean, that i'm mean, i not saying these things don't been,
1: happen they just saying leftists that
0: have always been messy bitches who love drama yeah um, it's, just, a, it's
1: built in it's in our dna i'm just saying it's not as pronounced as the internet would make you think it is very likely not uh, the cam past- lewis
0: call me out <laughs>
1: The task that Howard had was the gravest because there were three things that the conquered South fought with bitter determination: one, any federal interference with labor, two arms in the hands of negroes, and three oh. votes for negroes. Those seem like pretty pretty damning things for the South to fight, but of course they did. The I f- mean, the South fought with bitter determination, all the things they just lost a war about, yeah, exactly. The opposition did not arise primarily from any failure of the Bureau in the performance of its duty or because its work functioned imperfectly. Even if it had been perfect and well-planned machine for its mission, the planters in the main were determined to try to course both black labor and white without without outside interference of any sort. They proposed to enact and enforce the Black Codes. They were going to replace legal slavery by customary serfdom and caste. And they were going to do all of this because they could not conceive of a civilization in the South with free Negro workers or Negro soldiers or voters. Howard, therefore, had a battle on his hands from the start. His bureau was limited by temporar- temporarily extended and incomplete laws until its main work was practically done in 1869, although some of its functions extended until June thirtieth, eighteen 1872 under these circumstances the astonishing thing is that the bureau was able to accomplish any definite and worthwhile results <laughs> i mean there's the thing like you know it's amazing it was able to do anything like that he, he was literally set up on a
0: group project to solve societal mm-hmm. ills and told you have like a year and a half to do it you have no money
1: go yeah i mean it wasn't just doomed to fail it was set up to fail it was designed to fail (laughs) yes yet it did and the testimony in support of this comes from the friends comes from its friends and enemies howard says and now we're getting to howard quote the law establishing the bureau committed to it the control of all subjects relating to refugees and freedmen under such regulations as might be prescribed by the head of the bureau and approved by the president this almost unlimited authority gave me great scope and liberty of action. But at the same time, it imposed on me very perplexing and responsible duties. Legislative, judicial, and executive powers were combined in my commission, reaching all the interests of four millions of people scattered over a vast territory, living in the midst of another people claiming to be superior and known to not altogether – not to be altogether friendly.
0: Holy can you imagine that? You are the ju- you are literally the president, the Supreme Court and the legislature in charge of four million people.
1: Those really people 10, are in, but you care about four million
0: and and you are in charge of them and they are embedded within a group that actively just fought a war to try and keep them as less than humans mm-hmm. and still considers them as such and will treat them as such if given the opportunity.
1: Yes. Good luck. The conditions facing the Bureau were chaotic and continuing the quote in every state, many thousands were found without employment, without homes, without means of subsistence, crowding into towns and about military posts where they hoped to find protection and supplies. The sudden collapse of the rebellion, making the emancipation an actual universal act, was like an earthquake. It shook and shattered the whole previously existing social system. It broke up the old industries and threatened a reign of anarchy. Even well-disposed yeah, no. well and humane landowners were at a loss on what to do or how to begin the work of reorganizing society and of rebuilding their ruined fortunes. Very few had any knowledge of free labor or any hope that their former slaves would serve them faithfully for wages. On the other hand, the freed people were in a state of great excitement and uncertainty. They could hardly believe that the liberty proclaimed was real and permanent. Many were afraid to remain on the same soil that they had tilled as slaves, lest by some trick that they might find themselves again in bondage. Those, those seemed pretty smart people. Damn good instincts. Mm-hmm. Others supposed that the government would be either take the entire supervision of their labor and support or divide among them the lands of the conquered owners and furnish them with all that might be necessary to begin life as an independent farmer. You would <sighs> think that would be the logical God. thing.
0: I I I I. God, I wish. Yeah. If only I was <laughs> naive enough to believe that that was a possibility. But no,
1: I have hindsight. Twelve labors of Hercules face the Freedmen's Bureau. <laughs> To make as rapidly as possible a general survey of conditions and needs in every state and locality, to relieve immediate hunger and distress, to appoint state commissioners and upwards of 900 bureau officials, to put the laborers to work at a regular wage, to transport laborers, teachers, and officials To furnish land for the peasants, to open schools, to pay bounties to black soldiers and their families, to establish hospitals and guard health, to administer justice between man and former master, to answer continuous and persistent criticism, north and south, black and white, to find funds to pay for all of this. And that's kind of the bullshit one that they have to find the funds to pay for all of yeah, that shit.
0: Yeah, this is this – is, this is not a government agency. Yeah, this I mean, again, like if you were straight – the government set up a non The non-profit.
1: government, I was the government say, set
0: up a nonprofit and said, ah,
1: eh, figure it out. Yeah, I mean, if you are straight up the government, then sure, you got to figure that stuff out. But you also have a lot more power. If you're a limited power bureau under the government, you need to have your fucking funding. Yeah,
0: this and is for- – I mean <laughs> – yeah. they again built to fail designed mm-hmm. to fail the fact mm-hmm. that they don't implicitly fail and fall on their face immediately is a testament to how hard these people were working
1: yes in four years the bureau issued over 21 million rations to the hungry and unemployed 15 and a half million of blacks and five and a half two million of whites the number rose to five million in 1866 and then fell from three and and one half to two and one half million in 1867 and eight to 1868. The total cost of food and clothing 1865 to 1871 was set down at three million one hundred and sixty eight thousand three hundred and twenty five dollars. And this is 1860 1860 1865 money. to 1871. Yeah, yeah, that's wild in the eyes of a nation dedicated to profitable industry as well as in the eyes of bureau officials the first major problem was to set the negroes to work under a wage contract to secure fairness should that shouldn't be the first thing you do <laughs> to secure fairness and to inspire confidence on both sides the system of written contracts was adopted no compulsion was used but all were advised to enter into written agreements and then submit them to an officer of the bureau for approval the nature
0: and is, believe- no no but, but, but we got to stop there yeah this is back to a, this is a very common um this is a very common phrase that comes up a lot with libertarians more more often than anybody else i think um no compulsion was used oh uh, well we didn't force you to enter
1: you, yeah there was
0: no gun to your head we didn't leave we didn't require As if you.
1: starving someone isn't compulsion
0: it is the illusion of choice. What, no, of course I'm not compelled in the wage con- contract. I can do that or I can starve and die. These are great options. I wonder which one I'll take. Yeah. it's. I didn't freely enter into a contract with my employer. I, I did a thing I needed to do to not die because I had no other viable option other than that.
1: Mm-hmm. The nature and obligations of these contracts were carefully explained to the freedmen and a copy filed in the office of the agent approving it. This was for their use in, in case any difficulty arose between them and their employers. The labor imposed upon my officers and agents by this system was very great. As invinced by the fact that in a single state, not less than 50,000 such contracts were drawn in duplicate and filled up the names of all the parties
0: wonder how many of those contracts went missing mysteriously
1: (laughs) the purely economic results of this effort were unusually satisfactory there was cheating by employers and malingering by laborers and widespread disorder yet in spite of all disorders that have prevailed and the misfortunes that have fallen upon many parts of the south a good degree of prosperity and success has already been attained To the oft-repeated slander that the Negroes will not work and are incapable of taking care of themselves, it is a sufficient answer that their voluntary labor has produced nearly all the food supported of the whole people, besides a large amount of rice, sugar, and tobacco for export, and two million bales of cotton each year, on which was paid under the United States Treasury during the years 1866 and 1867, a tax of more than $40 million. It is not claimed that this result is wholly due to the care and oversight of this Bureau, but it is safe to say, as it has been said repeatedly by the intelligent Southern white men, that without the Bureau or some similar agency, the material interest of the country would have greatly suffered, and the government would have lost a far greater amount than has been expended in its maintenance. Three quarters of a million dollars was spent in transporting laborers to homes and to work and teachers and agents to their fields of duty. The insistent demand of the Negro, aided by army officers and northern churches and philanthropic organizations, began systematic teaching of Negroes and poor whites. This beginning the Freedmen Bureau praised to a widespread system of Negro public schools. So now we're kind of seeing the origins of the public yes. schools a little bit. Yes yes, 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 The Bureau furnished day and night schools, industrial schools, Sunday schools, and colleges. Between them, June first, eighteen sixty-five, and September first, eighteen seventy-one, five million two hundred sixty-two dollars and, and five hundred eleven dollars and I'm sorry. $5,262,511.26, 5262511 dollars and twenty six cents, down to the penny, uh, was spent on schools from Bureau funds, and in eighteen seventy there were in a day and night schools three thousand three hundred teachers and one hundred and forty nine thousand five hundred and eighty one pupils. Nearly all the present Negro universities and colleges like Howard, Fisk, and Atlanta were founded or substantially aided in their early days by the Freedmen Bureau. And, and of course it's
0: clear those are the those are three of the biggest just yeah, historically I mean, by colleges and universities. Everybody knows Howard
1: if you know anything about any yeah. Oh, uh, Howard for sure. How, Fisk though, even is,
0: is yeah. incredible. Atlanta, I'd have to look up and figure out if that's an actual like I,
1: I Fisk, I, I am, yeah.
0: Fisk is huge. I know, like, I yeah. even know of, I mean, before I was even in this field, like Howard and Fisk are are, notor- are well known. Yeah. Um, Atlanta, I'd have to see if that has changed names if it's still but the University of Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, there uh, were systemic plans To care for the sick in the summer of 1865, there were detailed in several states, 14 surgeons and three assistant surgeons who took care of white and black people in distress and engaged local surgeons to help them. By September 1867, there were 46 hospitals with 5,292 beds. The hospitals were distributed in 14 different states, and the annual appropriation for medical purposes was nearly $500,000 in 1866 and 1867. The total expenditures for the medical department has been estimated to have been 200 mi- or 2 million, 2 million apologies, 2 million. With the money, 452,419 cases were treated and perhaps an equal number unrecorded. In all, nearly a million persons were given medical aid. The death rate among the freedmen was reduced from 30% to 13% in 1865 and to 2.03% Jeez, in 1869. That is a huge a Massive reduction. I also imagine uh, your good friend of mine, Ernest Semmelweis, uh showed up at some point in that period, I believe, and told people to start washing their goddamn hands. <laughs> Uh, I could be wrong, but I think he showed up around that. Uh, Something was done in providing physicians in large towns, inspecting sanitation, and treating lame, blind, deaf, and dumb and aged persons and orphans. That's a lot of ands in a row. Uh, Temporary care was given the insane. The judicial judicial work of the Bureau consisted in protecting the Negro from violence and outrage, from serfdom, and in defending his right to hold property and enforce his contracts. It was to see that Negroes had fair trials and that their testimony was received and their family relations respected.
1: That's the commissioner, a terrifyingly big, big deal. Family it's relations. a lot.
0: And that's yes. it's it's terrifying that there's almost a separate. It feels like the Freedmen's Bureau has a whole separate Justice Department specifically to ensure yeah. that the that freedmen in America were, were, were allowed rights under basic law. It's, yes. it's wild. Yeah. The commissioner laid down general rules for the administration of justice by bureau officials. Freedmen's courts and boards of arbitration were organized when needed. And while an attempt was made to secure uniformity in these courts, they presented much variety in composition and procedure. Sometimes the assistant commissioner constituted the court. Sometimes it consisted of an agent appropriate, appointed by him and a representative of the freedmen and one of the whites. They acted only in cases where one or both parties were Negroes, and they imposed fines and enforced their judgments. The financial support of the Bureau was haphazard. No appropriations were made under the original Freedmen's Bureau bill, but the funds were supplied from many departments of Negro affairs and from the handling of abandoned property from taxes and fees. Nearly eight hundred thousand acres of farming land and about five thousand pieces of town property were transferred to the bureau by military and treasury officers,
1: or taken up by assistant commissioners. I would like to point out too the funding was haphazard, but then we just read a couple paragraphs ago how it brought in forty million in tax revenue. So mm-hmm.
0: yeah, or that the the that the wares the, the curiosity is the wares produced by the labor of the Freedmen's Bureau mm-hmm. brought in 40 million. In sure. Taxes. Okay. Was that yes, allocated to the Freedmen's Bureau? Probably not.
1: Yes. No. I mean, that's the thing is like very little seemed to be allocated back. It, so this was this the is, department of giving a shit about black people. Black people put $40 million worth of taxes in and none of that $40 million really are not much. Them. Yeah. It makes it back. Yeah, exactly.
0: It's, it's again, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's like capital exploiting a subset of capital exploiting somebody else's labor. It's, it's mm-hmm. your, your, your matryoshka-dolling capitalism into its little compartments mm-hmm. of, of different ways to exploit labor.
1: Of this, enough was leased to produce a revenue of nearly $400,000. Some farms were set aside as homes for the destitute and helpless, and a portion was cultivated by freedmen prior to its restoration. The necessary task of settling the Negroes on their own homesteads was begun by the Bureau, but soon rendered impossible by lack of land and funds and deliberately hostile executive action. Although the agency of the Bureau, the government paid out $8,000 in bounties over the 5,000 Negro soldiers and the heirs, and thus helped furnish some capital to the new laborers. Under the second Freedmen Bureau Bill, passed in 1866, these sources were being exhausted so that the Army Appropriation Bill included $594,450 for the Bureau. Succeeding appropriations brought the total to $12,961,395. Adding the cost of various Army supplies used, Howard estimated the total expense of our government for refugees and freedmen to August thirty first, eighteen sixty nine, have been thirteen million five hundred seventy nine thousand eight hundred sixteen dollars and eighty two cents. Hey, I read that one right. To the penny, <sighs> to the penny. Uh, if we count it, if we add this to the increase in the army payroll caused by the bureau and other items, Pierce estimates that the total expenditure for the bureau was between seventeen million and eighteen million dollars. And we should probably wrap it up there before we start getting into linens and coats and things like that. Yeah, I just love the to get concept. Very, of very down the to the county. It
0: is very hard to estimate, but I'm like, I bet you 18 million is less than we pay for like two drones, a drone. Yeah, for 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 how many years? You know, for the entirety of its existence of of upholding the the rights and and liberty of of an entire race of people after a violent revolution. Uh, we spent it all on a cool bomb that flies i hate the world that being said this is mark's madness uh sorry for the bummer ending it is what it is sometimes this happens you know us um if you'd like to email us and uh point out better ways to end an episode than reminiscing about the cost of flying sentient bombs uh you can do that uh you can email us uh marks madness pod at gmail.com um if you would like to post a witty one hundred and eighty character response as to how the way we end our episodes is sad and you don't like it, you can do that. Uh we're at Mark's Madness Pod on Twitter. Um our DMs are open if you would prefer to just yell that directly to our personal Twitter inbox that I mainly curate and send to David. Um let's say you exclusively <laughs> want to get a hold of Nathan. Well the best way to do that is to simply get into Discord because you know David's not going there. Um And so that's the easiest way to find Nathan and Nathan exclusively. Also a whole other cast of characters of delightful people. Um, That just want to make your day better and share fun pictures of their animals or just talk about something that happened in their day to someone that understands and and doesn't want to try to explain to them how how capitalism is good. Um, There's a whole group of people there. They're great. Uh, It is a a fantastic place to be and I'd recommend it link to the discord is in our bio. It is dumb and Awful's discord server. We just uh, hang out there and it's a a co-owned space just leftists and communists hanging out together. It's a beautiful thing. Um that being said, we disclaimed last week so you don't you don't need that again. You you know how to use this podcast safely and appropriately according to OSHA guidelines. So <laughs> that being said, my my name is Nathan. My name's David and we will talk to y'all next week. Bye. Uh,